Hello gamers and welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers Podcast, episode 126. Today is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. We're hitting your feeds on Friday the 11th. Today, as many times in the past, I'm joined by James Halliday, aka the Lord of BLP Entertainment. James, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm I'm doing good. We just I just watched a uh, PlayStation uh what are they called uh the state of play showcase state of play that's that's what the playstation act i I, want to call it the state of okay i guess i have some thoughts on it i just perused (laughs) some youtube video breakouts um lots of square enix love yeah it's been interesting to see how close that relationship has gotten with the ps5 uh that's as an Xbox player, it feels like some salt in a wound. Um, yeah. <laughs> before we jump into the PlayStation State of Play and what we've been playing, we're going to give you the lowdown. If you want to be a part of the conversation, or if you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. If you don't use Twitter, send us an email the old fashioned way. We can be reached at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. That's our website. It's due for a long overdue update. Um, feel free to sign up for Mostly Normal Monthly, the On Hiatus newsletter, which is at mngamers.substack.com, which is where you can also find 12 back issues, including my thoughts on Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which feel especially relevant with Elden Ring in the air. And we have a Google Voice number where you can call in and leave a voicemail review, question, comment, or snarky, annoying joke. Uh, And that's 507-291-2991, and we can feature on the show. With the lowdown out of the way, we are going to switch things up because tis Elden Ring season. Um, And so we're going to bump the news segment to the top of the show and then jump into some what we're playing after a short news segment. It's the news. Um, first things first, it's kind of hard not to talk about it. Uh, so, um, everyone with loved ones in Ukraine, all Ukrainians, even though I. I would highly doubt that our show reaches Ukraine, but you never know. Um, We, you know, I know my heart's been breaking for the last week or two weeks. Time's kind of slipping on me about it. But um, the reason I bring it up is that we want to direct people towards the bundle for Ukraine, which is an itch.io bundle. Um, Brandon Sheffield, who's a game developer, uh, an indie game developer and podcaster, um, put that together. Uh, the bundle for Ukraine, Ukraine is live. He tweeted a thousand games worth over six thousand five hundred dollars with a ten dollar minimum donation. All proceeds go to charity. Um, reading from the web page for the bundle, uh, the people of Ukraine are under attack as game developers. We want to create new worlds, not destroy the one we have. That's why we banded together to present this charity bundle to help Ukrainians survive this ordeal and thrive after the war ends. This causes resonated with creators around the globe to the extent that our bundle, bundle contains almost a thousand games, tabletop RPG books, etc. Over 700 creators have joined the support the, to donate their work. All proceeds from this bundle will be split between the following charities. There's two charities that they're supporting. The International Medical Corps, 
which provides medical assistance in the region. They have a very low fundraising overhead, which is 1% of their income, with 89% of donations going to medical aid and 10% to administration. And then the other, uh, other charity that they're supporting is the Voices of Children, which is a Ukrainian organization that helps children cope with the horrors of war, PTSD, readjusting to school and getting back to being kids. Wow, that really hits hard for me. I'm tearing up a little bit, sorry. Um, geez. Um, they've also been doing a lot of grass work. Grass, wow, can't even talk anymore. I'm shook. I'm going to take a second. Oh, man. Uh, they have also been doing a lot of grassroots impromptu work during the war, such as helping set up shelters. Our hope is that this war will be over soon and that they can begin the work of healings, healing these kids' hearts. Um, it is uh, donate what you want above $10. Um, and um, I might see if we can put the link in the show notes. Um, it is running for eight more days as of this recording, which means when this hits your feeds, you'll still have uh, just over five days or six days to, to donate and um, get access to some amazing games. And I think um, I would be remiss to not point out some stuff that seems really cool and available in the bundle. Uh, they have CrossCode, which is a game that really struck my interest last year when I was on Game Pass, but I only played uh, just like the intro level two. So that's a cool opportunity. Um, Skatebirds in there. A uh, game that I've been seeing around Backbone is in there. Uh, Cloud Gardens, which looks like a really beautiful game um, where there's kind of these post-apocalyptic gardens popping up is in there. And then uh, Baba is You, Celeste Minute, and Towerfall Ascension. Um, oh, and Minute and Minute Racer, Minute Fun Racer, their racing game that's set in the world of Minute. Um, so... Uh, an amazing selection of indie games. Um, I know when I first joined the show, we were highlighting the, uh, I believe it was the bundle for black lives or bundle for racial justice, um, which was also a spectacular deal for a good cause. And I just think it's important to direct people towards this. Um, so far they've raised $3.122 million out of their goal of $4 million um, with 214,114 uh, contributors. Um, I would encourage everyone to go give it a, a purchase. I know I will be buying it at the end of the recording. So, um, James, I, I don't know if you had much of a chance to, to see that this was circulating and see any games. That Kirk I've, I've, I've been doing everything I can to circulate it. I've been posting, I've been even uh, sharing it on other people's Twitch chats, but, uh, yeah, no, I've already bought it. I bought it the second I saw it. And I like, I'm also a tabletop role play role player i guess and mm -hmm. uh there's so many little modules and like um interesting like different like games that i can just get get into and give it a try like there's one i know i know it's not a video game but the one called parole and it looks really interesting it's like got this like really like hand-drawn like childish art style of these little woodland creatures and it's a coin flip rpg so it's based oh, cool. on coin flips instead of dice, which I think is just a, anybody who can like utilize a new, a, a completely new system and make it fun. I think it would just be a, a blast. So I'm definitely going to check that one out. Um, plus there's like, Oh, the games you get it. Baba is you, you mentioned it. Phenomenal game. Absolutely phenomenal game. Um, minute minute alone is worth the price 
of admission. admission. Yeah, it's yeah, like this. It's so I good. Mean, if you like Legend of Zelda games, check out Minute. Buy this package, get it, play it. It is so worth your time. It's so charming and wonderful. Celeste, another game, and it deals with mental uh, mental health. And uh, if you're anybody who struggles with uh, depression, I suggest giving Celeste a try. And you know what? Or if you're just a human being. Or if you're, yeah, or if you're a human being. That, that's um, just so many good games. I mean, speaking of a game that's worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I, and I think it's nice to feel positive about something in relation to the situation yeah. in Ukraine. And I think it's okay to feel positive about the fact that this bundle seems like it's doing really well, that has a bunch of really fun and exciting games in it, um, and that it's going to try and help alleviate some of the pain that's being caused. I mean, 100% is going to charities in the Ukraine. If you're ever sitting there on Twitter or on the internet and you're TikTok or whatever, and you're watching like the atrocities and you're like, man, how can I help? Just to do this. You're fueling your hobby and you're helping people. It's just, ah, oh, it's it's such a it's such a good idea. This this bundle, and I know they did it for Black Lives Matter as well, but I think that it is absolutely worth your time and effort to donate. Yeah, I um, I think it's really really impressive to see the way that we as a community, to the extent that being a gamer puts you into a community, can like be a force for good. And yeah. I think it's awesome to be able to show that we can be a force for good in these trying and hard, important times. Oh, yeah. Um, with that, maybe some other newer games. Uh, today, I, as of 60 minutes ago when it finished, uh, Sony had a PlayStation State of Play um, it was about 20 minutes long, featuring a lot of games by Square Enix. Um, we're reading coverage from Kotaku, and Luke Plunkett uh, writes, here's everything shown at today's PlayStation State of Play. Um, I'm just going to do a title of video game rundown. Uh, so we have Exo Primal, The Diofield Chronicle, Valkyrie Elysium, Returnal Ascension. Ghostwire Tokyo, Forspoken, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, Gundam Evolution, TMNT, The Cowabunga Collection, Gigabash, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, Trek to Yomi, and I'm never doing that voice again. <laughs> um, so, like I said, lots of games from Square Enix. Um, I I don't want to spend too long on it because I would rather talk about Elden Ring, but did any of these stand out either as gems or as uh, duds for you, James? I mean, uh, prime, the Primal, Exo Primal. I love dinosaurs, but this game just looks like a zombie game. Like It just looks like the, the standard uh, you make a squad of superhuman fighters that stop an endless horde of monsters and these monsters just happen to be dinosaurs it's just not 
I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. I was kind of disappointed. There's so um, many. There's so many. So close moments that it just kind of fell flat, though. It just looks like I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what to say about it. it <laughs> other than that, I like the good. idea that they have a dino storm forecast, and yeah. there's just dinosaur portals that are dumping storms of dinosaurs. I think. The game's clearly meant to be very slapstick, very, very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, um, I hope I hope we see a little bit, like, I guess a little bit more to it than just what what we saw. I don't know. It just from what I saw, it just wasn't wasn't doing it. It's. I just feel like I've already seen this game. Sure. I mean, um, Luke in his article calls out that it uh, has a vibe of Earth Defense Force, which is you know the game where you're fighting hordes of ants, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like you have a couple of different abilities. I kind of got um, Lost Planet vibes from it, mm-hmm. if you remember. This is a Capcom game. That is a Capcom game, yeah. Um, and so just in terms of like it being this kind of third-person over-the-shoulder uh, camera, I don't know that like it's something that I would be jumping into and like... it. I love the stupidity of it. I like games to be stupid and fun and silly. And I feel like it also has a a lot of like, it feels like a a solid, like, hey, like the middle tier double A, single A game is is here. This is, you know, this is Capcom putting out, I mean, I don't know, the the cutscene production values look nice, but like, I, I think like, it's nice to have a non-prestige game highlighted in a Sony thing for me, which I think is like a weird. I, I don't know. It's it's so not on brand for Sony that it makes me feel good. If that makes yeah. any sense. Um, anything else stick out to you? I, I can Rich. say the, the Dio Field Chronicle. Look, the it, it's a tactics game in the vein of Final Fantasy Tactics from Square Enix. Um, which is wild since they literally just did triangle split strategy like this week yeah <laughs> most um but the the diorama like battlefields look like dioramas it it's really beautiful um and it has uh kind of like the big numbers flashy effects going on and some really beautiful hand-drawn art for character portraits um and a big dragon that just shot a laser beam that took up the whole screen screen did this stick out to you at all uh no i'm gonna be honest it just felt like i feel like i've seen so much of this style game i honestly thought 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 this was a nintendo game for the first couple seconds until i remembered this was a playstation state of play and not a nintendo direct Mm. um i don't know it just didn't it as well as what was the valkyrie elysium both of yes. those games very much reminded like they looked like the same game, even though they were like, I, I didn't realize they changed games mm, they like blurred together. they blurred so seamless together that uh, I, I I was just th- yeah I was thrown off. I was like, oh, this is a new game we're, we're, this is a new trailer. Mm-hmm. I just uh, yeah, I don't know. They just didn't. I'm a, I, I would like to see more from it before i make a a call i feel like so many of these kind of games pop out and 
they sell well within the community that they harbor, right? But Fans if it of is, the genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 you're if it looks like yeah, it looks like a flashy tactics based um, Final Fantasy Tactics or yeah, Fire Emblem, and then yeah, uh, unfortunately, Triangle Strategy just released, so that's on my radar. I'm really excited to actually jump into that, but I just have too many games on the go, so right. it's. It's uh, it'll I'll eventually pick it up and give it a go. Um, just a historical point: Valkyrie Elysium is in like the Valkyrie profile series. Oh, um, really? Which had a one of them had a really beloved port slash remake on PlayStation Portable. Um, those were traditional turn-based RPGs that had a very unique combat style. Um, that was kind of like. A, at the time, a more actiony take on turn-based combat, um, where each of the face buttons corresponded to a different attack for you to use. Um, this looks like a modern. You know, it, it gives me like Tales of Arise vibes, if if that makes sense. Like just a modern action RPG from a, a from a JRPG studio. Um, yeah. The, the combat looks like there's maybe something to it, but. Um, this is a, a pretty far departure from what I think people expect from a Valkyrie profile series game. Um, and maybe that's because it's been a long ass time since the last yeah. one. I, I, I can't uh, put a number I, watch, on that. But. Watching this one in particular, and I don't, I hate that I'm just slagging on games here, but watching this one in particular, the first thing that popped into my mind was square enix is disappointed by the amount of sales that the, this is that's the style of game that i see this being mm. and i just like oh man i just they they're pumping out so many right now like just in this what they had three games in this state of play uh at least four because um, oh yeah, the tactics yeah game was them and then uh we also get oh yes. spoken which is them and stranger I, of paradise which yes. is them <laughs> are you um, are you how do you feel about stranger of paradise are you into one are you into final fantasy to that degree or is this just is it interest you on a souls level i i grew up loving final fantasy final yeah. fantasy 7 was a very important game to me i think 7 remakes great um i played through 12 uh, zodiac age on switch um, I'm looking forward to playing through Final Fantasy IX on Switch at some point. I own it. I just haven't dug into it. Do it. Best Final um, Fantasy. A lot of people say that. Um, Final Fantasy VI, I played through a bunch of, a couple of different ways, but never finished and have been meaning to get back to, so I'm excited about the Pixel Remaster. Um, Kingdom Hearts was a big part of my life when I was a teenager. Kingdom Hearts one and two, and like the Final Fantasy uh, aspect of that was very precious to me. Um, Stranger of Paradise looks like, so hear me out, Forspoken had like a, I'm going to make a rap track to be on a movie soundtrack song in the background, and Stranger of Paradise had like classic, iconic, orchestral Final Fantasy music, and I just wish the two of the soundtracks were switched, because it would have made me like each of the trailers better. Yeah. <laughs> I want goofy trashy rap music playing when stranger of paradise is on screen and i want some sort of grandiose orchestral score for forspoken did um, you play the demo or like maybe not the demo I that just came PS5. out or... I, oh so I, I didn't. is it only ps5s for the demos oh 
I think Stranger of Paradise is, well, it may be. I, I don't know. I it. Hmm. I played the demo twice because they did the first launch and then they did a second launch of a demo. And now they've got a third one and the game's coming out next week. I don't I have no idea what they're doing. I feel like they they're they're looking at how many people have downloaded and played it and they're getting worried. They're like, we really need them to to try it. But um, the first have time you, I played it, it? I, no, like like I, I haven't had anything like necessarily wrong to say about it. But it just like as in in terms of like the gameplay, I felt like it was a little overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. And then I did not like the visuals. I feel like there's this weird glow and bloom to everything. I don't like the way the characters look at all. And I don't like this sort of like pseudo modern that they're taking. Like the characters have cell phones and they wear normal clothes and then they get like mythical clothes that you throw on and stuff like that. But like at the end of one of the you fight the the boss and they had this really, really bad scene where the main character, Jack, pulls out his phone, starts playing music to walk out of the building but then they just cut to them walking out the front door. Like, so he's at the boss room, cut to front door, and he turns it off. So the music only played for about 30 seconds, not even 30. It played for like 15 seconds. And I was like, what What was the point of that? And it was like a real band's music. Um, I'm getting like strong Devil May Cry vibes from this game. And yeah. that's a compliment just having watched it um i think if they if this wasn't labeled final fantasy origin and it was not supposed to be like a remake of the first final fantasy game yeah i would probably be like much more strongly positive on it um but i I just don't care yeah (laughs) yeah that's kind of where i'm sitting that's kind of where i'm sitting flip the uh let's look at the other side of the coin there the other uh big Final or not Final Fantasy, the big Square Enix game for Spoken. How do you how do you feel about that one? Not as good as I feel about Final Fantasy Origins. If I'm oh, going to be really? honest, it looks weightless and frictionless, and I I don't know. I, I'm a very hard to please person with a video game trailer. Um, this may or may not be something I, I don't like. I don't think I've talked about this on on the show before, but like, I don't know. The part where you're like surfing on a water surfboard and then turn into a flame wheel kicks kind of cool. Yeah, I just like I like what they're doing with the magic. In contrast to like, I feel like Square Enix, a lot of their magic just falls into like. Here's the fire blast. Here's the ice blast. Here's the lightning beam. Here's the, like, it's a lot of the same stuff with just different elements. And I like that there's a lot of movement tied to the, uh, to the spells that she's casting in this game. There's a lot of movement tied to every single shot of the entire trailer. (laughs) Yeah. Which is part of why I, part of the reason it feels frictionless to me is because like, she seems like she's constantly in motion and constantly covering so much ground that yeah. it, it doesn't, I, I can't, I don't know. I'm curious to, I, I want to know 
ideally, what does it play like? How does it feel on the sticks? Because like, to me, this looks like something where I will hate controlling it. Like, full stop. Yeah. And I I can be kind of picky about like the sensitivity settings in third or third person games, like over the shoulder games, where like if it just feels like there's not enough weight to the character, I can't I don't wanna play in that space. Which is why mm-hmm. I think a lot of the Souls games have hit hard with me is because there is so much weight and friction in the in the movement. Whereas like oh, this absolutely. looks like you're just floating and sprinting. Um, yeah, I don't know that a lot of the effects on the spells are really cool. Yeah. Um, the enemy designs are animals and dragons. I don't know. Yeah. It, I'm excited for other people to be excited about it. Is this you said you think the spells stand out for you from other square games, I, especially yeah. probably Final Fantasy? Yeah. I think this this game is kind of like it's on my radar. It's not yes yet a I must buy this and must play this, but it's like I've been keen on it. Let's just say that I've been keen mm-hmm. to 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 ju- to see more about it. And I don't know. This trailer excited me, but it has it still hasn't like won me. But I I've been thinking that I I've been thinking that it's been looking pretty good. Okay, I'm yeah. Again, I like I said, hard to please. And like anytime I see movement like that, I'm just like, I'm going to hate controlling this. And um, that's always a big sticking point for me in third person games and first person yeah. games, um, which which sucks because I, I think a lot of people are excited. Um, the one last thing I want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, before we move on is um, that the Gundam first person shooter looks pretty good um yeah. it just reminded me how much i love the character design of the different gundams they're just so cool um i was a big gundam fan when i was a kid um so i think it's cool it's a free-to-play game gundam evolution uh it's going to be a first-person shooter it's coming out on pc ps4 and ps5 later this year um i don't know can it's I like say Overwatch that... with gundams. can i just say that they've also revealed like konami has finally done it they released another collection of all of their old games they did finally do it um i am just i'm i love i love the turtle games so i'm definitely going to be picking this up but i just find it funny that that's all that konami does is repackage their old games i did there was a news story of a couple months ago if not like in the middle of last year that they are in development on some games and they're just not ready to go. I think it was centered around the fact that they were like going to be at E3 last year. And mm. they didn't have anything to show, but they had stuff in development. Yeah. I think maybe they were skipping it last year. Um, the music in this TMNT collection trailer was so perfect. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I loved it. Um, the one last thing I want to point out is Ghostwire Tokyo looks fucking rad. Um, just as like a, a counterpoint for how a trailer can get me excited. And I watched it on mute while I was working on the dock. It just has such a, like, the hand motions remind me of Trunks from Dragon Ball Z when he's doing his hand motions to shoot attacks <laughs> at people. And yeah. it's creepy. And there's 
so much going on with these like scary lady creatures <laughs> who are trying to bite you with their long hair and longer bodies and yeah. energy blasts and it's like he just did cat's cradle and pulled someone towards him with energy strings hmm it reminds me of like system shock or bioshock but instead of like those environments you're just in in tokyo and you're fighting japanese yokai i hope yeah i hope that they have like i hope that these are all based on real creatures of myth because i always love that i always love like i'd love to just i've seen some creepy characters in it but i like i just love to see like a raku rakubi which is like a sleeping woman whose head uh just floats around and the neck just elongates to like be okay with that and so the head floats around and causes mischief but oh my god it's it was just open window head snake-like neck comes out oh my god i just love that but that's that's the that's the stuff that I love, right? Like I like the weird sort of obscure myths that sorry, pardon me. Oh, <laughs> it's going off now. Um it, it won't stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> continuing on. What a professional podcaster I am. Like <laughs> just you know, um, going off. We're we're just normal people putting a podcast together. That's where the name yeah. comes from, I think. Uh the last story I want to touch on, just because I would feel remiss not to bring it up, is uh, also from Luke Plunkett over at Kotaku. Um, the headline kind of says it all. Uh, eight more women accused PlayStation of systemic sexism. Um, it is a uh, addition to the November 2021 class action lawsuit that was filed against PlayStation, alleging pay disparity, wrongful termination, and other instances of gender-based discrimination at their California offices. Um, Sounds like it's not just limited to certain companies in gaming, and um, it's, I'm glad that there's lawsuits and things bringing it to the light of day to try and get justice for the women who are being harmed in these situations. Um, It's just sad to hear that you know, there's more stories of sexism. Uh, yeah, no, they, these, that's just, every time I hear about this stuff that my heart sinks, like, it's just like, get, get your head out of your ass, guys. Like, and, and, and you know what? And some women that enable it to happen. It's always like, you hear these stories and you're just like, this is like horrifying. Mm-hmm. And, People are just okay with that being the, the way it is. And you know what? It's just, I'm glad. I'm glad that this is happening. I think that, uh, I, you know, we, we love these companies sometimes because they create some of our favorite games or consoles or put out all of these, uh, this sort of content that we like to uh, absorb. But the reality is any company that is out there to that has like so many hundreds of wor- workers in it, there's going to be these uh, um, horrifying situations that we didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And it's even worse when you find out it, about like somebody like you, you idolize, right? Like some of these like developers, like we know they're the 
the directors. We know their names. We we follow them on social media. We are so entwined with them. So when we find out something horrifying that so-and-so has been accused of uh, sexually uh, harassing or abusing women, we, we almost don't want to hear it. And I think that's sort of where a lot of people sit with it now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we can't let ourselves get wrapped up in that. We can't let ourselves let, let, let the, the rose colored glasses just completely tint this. We have to be standing up for the people that are actually behind making these games and are f- forced into horrible situations, be it work hours or be it sexual encounters. Yes, all around. It ties into the labor movement that's happening, certainly. And um, yeah, it's it's hard to hear. Um, without lingering too long on that, um, I think you know. I hope things shake out well in the lawsuit, and that uh, you know the system is overhauled in a way to protect women and protect workers. But we're going to move on to what you've been playing. And I do see that you're still playing some Horizon as well, so I would love to hear if there's a Horizon Forbidden West update before we jump into Elden Ring. I, I don't really have too much to add. I'm I'm a good portion of the of the way through the game now. Um, I, I'm pretty much just like doing every quest I can see, like anything. Uh, I'm enjoying a lot of the interactions between characters. I think that uh, a lot of the side quests have been really well written. Uh, The monster, the dinosaurs and machines that you fight are just phenomenal. Um, (laughs) I did do, I had a mission where you had to deactivate beacons and you got two beacons on, and this is just like one of the weirdest little situations. You have two beacons on the map and they're very obviously placed. And I was like, okay, so I'll do one, did one. And then like go to the second one. And I was like, well, there's this little alcove cut out of the map that I can go into. And I feel like there's going to be a treasure there later. So I might as well check it out now while I'm here and in the area. So, and then I'll go down and finish the mission. So I go into that little alcove and sure enough, there's more monsters and there's a third beacon that wasn't on the map. And my character goes, oh, there's there's a beacon over there. I got to make sure I shut this down. So I defeat the monster or the monsters in the area. I go to the beacon, deactivate it, triggers a cutscene, And it's clearly the last encounter, like the last it's so you're supposed to do the third one and go, oh, or the second one and go, oh, there's a third one. I got to go deactivate that because then we got like the boss monsters coming in. We fought the boss. I had like the NPC that asked me to help them show up, fought that they helped fight and uh, we saved the day. And as soon as the fight ended, it was like, oh, I got to go deactivate that last beacon just in case. And so I was like, oh, all right. So I had to leave that area, go back to the, the obvious second location do that beacon and then after it she's like i gotta go check out with it's like god damn it if i just did it in the proper order i wouldn't have had to do all this backtracking but uh sure enough i had to do it the hard way (laughs) 
but yeah, the little little things like that are, <laughs> get me. But I understand why it's it's a game. So, <laughs> but I've been I've been enjoying it. It's awesome. it's if you like Horizon Forbidden West or Forbidden West. Now I can't remember the first one. Zero Horizon Dawn. Zero Dawn. Yeah, if you like that game, you're gonna like Forbidden West. That's that's basically what it is. It's Zero Dawn, but better, bigger and better. Mm. Speaking of bigger and better, Elden Ring is a very big video game. <laughs> it is a very big video game. Um, I just want to give some numbers just at the top uh, to contextualize our conversation. I think spoilers off for as far as you are in the game, uh, or spoilers on, like heads up, we're going to just talk about stuff that's in Elden Ring if people don't want to have the game ruined mechanically or narratively yeah. to the extent that i can even parse a narrative um yeah. maybe. i haven't left Lingrave or limgrave is that what it's limgrave right limgrave yeah i haven't left like i've left a little tiny bit a snippet of it but i came right back i felt like i just wanted to do as much as i can in this area before i moved on and so I have not left that. So if you're worried, like, oh, no, I've played a bit, but I don't know how far they're going. Just think about just uh, Limgrave as a whole is pretty much where I've been. So we'll be talking. I'll be definitely talking about that. So I'm 38 hours in. I just hit level 55. Um, I've been to some other places. <laughs> and I, I don't want to do as much of the talking because i think i've seen more of the game than you james but i do want to tell the story of the first night i played Elden Ring. okay um which was the night it came out i had initially planned on playing it like as soon as i was done with dinner but we ended up hosting a friend i had a number of beers and then at 10 o'clock when my girlfriend and our friend left or went to bed i said ah now it's time for Elden Ring. I made my character. I chose the prisoner because I want to do dexterity and intelligence and have magic and use dex weapons. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm wandering around this open world. I get to a uh, site of grace inside of a church. I am told, go this way. Um, and I'm like, well, down there, there's a dragon. That's scary. I should go check out the dragon. You know? It's an open world game. The game wants me to go to one way. I'll go the other way. I walk over towards the dragon. I find the dragon burnt ruins in this big lake where the dragon is. There's a bunch of burnt ruins. I wander around them. I go in the basement. I find a treasure chest. The first treasure chest I've seen in the entire game. I'm so excited. I can't wait. James might be taking his headphones off. Spoiler alert. Keep going. I I just won't listen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You open the treasure chest. It says a teleportation trap has been triggered. It teleports my ass to a cave far off on the east side of the map. It's full of rock men with magic weapons. They're chasing me. They're mining ore. I keep dying. Mind you. Okay, so go ahead and put your headphones back on. I'm good. You're good. So I I had something very bad happen to me. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> Your hands I, were flailing. <laughs> before I unlocked the ability to level up. 
Oh man. I, got, I, I spent I'm gonna... three hours trying to get out of the situation I got my ass in because I didn't know you could fast travel. I have oh not God. gotten the horse yet and I didn't have the ability to spend my rooms. Yeah. It was incredible. It was the best. It's it. <laughs> the whole game is, has been pretty incredible. I've, I, I'm not a f- huge, I know I've been playing horizon, but I'm not a huge open world fan. I always mm-hmm. find like, I much prefer the smaller, like I like the semi open worlds where like, they've got a lot of room for you to play in, but it's still like, quite linear Mm -hmm. and i feel like they have more space to like kind of and i think that's what like dark souls in the past like all of their games have while while being quite restrictive i think we talked about this before while while being quite restrictive they still feel quite um elaborate and open and um there's so much to them right so i've always loved them for that and so when coming into this game, I, I was I was excited, very excited, but also like apprehensive about the open world aspects. When I got to Stormvale, I was so happy because it's just a Dark Souls dungeon. It is it's a just, Dark Souls ass so, Dark Souls level. So much. I love the the level design. I love that there's like two ways of tackling it. Um, I love that it's kicking my ass so much that I haven't beaten it yet. Um, Take a step back. Speaking of the two ways to tackle it, are you a front door person or a side door person? Oh, I'm a back door boy all all the way. (laughs) Let me tell you. Fuck those birds with the swords. Those birds birds are the worst. They are Are the worst. That was the easy now? (laughs) (laughs) oh they are so hard to hit i just okay so i've been playing for 20 hours i just found a crossbow i just found a crossbow and i've played for 38 hours and i'm like i just the second i got it i was like oh my god i am so i've been throwing fireballs mind you but the fireballs have a very restrictive range to them and yeah, so the, are you talking about the stuff that you craft in the cracked pots or no i i've been throwing fireballs as i'm a i, I went prophet so i'm oh, always so div- divine and strength so i'm heavy and well i i try and i limit my so i can roll but uh i got a big heavy sword and i throw faith fireballs left and right as well as i have the um it's called like uh repulsion or something like that or rep- <laughs> It, it basically it's like a f- big area effect around my body mm-hmm. for like i don't know about two meters and it pushes any enemies near me away and if they're um doing an attack i can actually get them into the parry attack animation oh wild! that's so cool yeah it's got I... an awkward time on it though so when i push it like the timing on it you have to you still have to be quite precise i have as an int wielder i have a a gravity based spell um and i have just like the classic glint stone sorcery spells um and the gravity based spell does the the polar opposite it pulls enemies towards me oh no (laughs) it's a big it's like a two meter area of effect that pulls when you said when you said you have a gravity spell i was like oh that's so cool that would work on the birds you just pull them to the ground because flying enemies have been a nightmare 
I found oh, there's another God, flying yeah. enemy. There's like okay, so they're called the the demi humans or demis or something like that. Yeah, the demi humans. And they're they absolutely hideous looking people, and they've got like little wings on their back. They kind of remind me of flying monkeys from like oh, Wizard of Oz. I I always thought of those as just giant bats, or my girlfriend has called them like bat dragons. But there were there are bats. But I mean, okay. like, there's there there there's some that actually like the demi humans that actually fly. Okay, yeah, you know, you're right because like the demi humans are like ape people, like yeah, yeah, shit. Um, yeah, they're very. I I yeah, I see that. That's where I get the flying monkey from them because they have like little tiny wings on their backs that don't oh. work, but some of them have big working wings, and like there's a cat. One of the keeps at the south end of. The what is it? The Weeping Peninsula. Yeah, I went and did that keep down there because I was having no luck at Stormvale. I was getting my butt handed to me, and so I go down, meet some some lady, and she's like, "Oh, you like basically my family has been like all of our servants turned on us. All of the uh, the people in our kingdom have turned on us. Uh, I barely got out alive. Please go save my dad. And I'm like, yeah, all right. So no problem. Go to the castle, break into the castle, fight all these little demi humans. And some of them were flying and it, they drove me nuts. Cause they would like shoot at me from, uh, from their little perches and they hitting them. I had to lure them in and then like knock them out of the air with my repulsion. Uh, but yeah, they were, they were, pain in the ass because i can't hit them with my sword otherwise the creatures the servant creatures i didn't know are those just bigger demi humans then they look so drastically different because the demi humans i think of literally look like monkey people oh but i don't know i might just have mislabeled them because i heard the term demi human and just assumed it applied to um yeah i don't know i gotta look this up now anyways um but yeah those things that castle also an amazing dark souls castle oh yeah it was um, great what a fun time uh the boss fight takes place out on like this little island out that looks out over a vast body of water and there's just a huge grave site at it um i don't know how have you been finding the boss fights have uh, i've it sounds like you've made it past um, Margit, kind of, kind of that first. Yeah, Margit. Uh, the foul omen, which is one of the, they just have the sickest names for characters yeah. in this game. They're so sick. More like Margit the felled omen. Nice, but no, nice. Took, took me only like 30 tries. 40 yeah, yeah. tries. Okay. What, a, what a first boss, right? Like that is like. There is nothing fair about that boss. And I think they that's a deliberate choice, and I don't know why, but that is such a gatekeepy boss. If He's I was literally ever gatekeeping one. you from the rest of the place. Yeah. And uh they they just they have these huge area like okay, so you get getting close to do some melee. Oh, they're gonna like give you an area uh, attack that just hits you no matter where you are. They've got like these big, heavy hitting, sweeping attacks with their staff and they just reach so far and they do like th it's a three hit combo most of the time. Yeah. And then sometimes I mean, 
It's a five-hit combo. It's Other times, the, the first most Bloodborne energy I've ever. It's such a Bloodborne boss fight. It, or the not problem Bloodborne, is, sorry, sorry Sekiro. It's totally oh. a Sekiro boss fight against the ape. It's the ape boss fight where he just has. I have no frame of reference, but it's I believe you. Just a giant creature, and it just keeps going. It keeps attacking yeah. you. It's like this weird infinite combo half the time. And then it's like you get too far away from him. He starts throwing shit at you. You get too he close to him. the air and yeah. comes down with his he big comes... slam. Area attack. Uh, then you get behind him and uh, he just hits you with a tail attack that he has. And it's just or, like. Or he'll circle all the way around and just swing and hit you. Yeah. You, I feel like very often I, I played, you know, two and a half of these games now. Right. Yeah. Um, very often the safest place to be on a big boss is behind them because they yeah. don't tend to swing around and hit you. I found multiple of the boss fights that, especially with Margit, he'll just swing his weapon around. He'll jump, he'll do like a little quarter circle or half circle turn and whack at you with his cool staff. Yeah. It pisses me off. Oh, it's, there's no way to properly cheese him. It was just drive driving me nuts and i was like this is this is not this is the first boss this is what the rest so <laughs> i ended up i gave him up for a while and i actually went off and i fought a whole bunch of di like there's like a lot of like mini bosses and mini dungeons hidden throughout the land and i just yeah. started doing those and uh i fought um so i fought one of like it was like a weird like demi-human in a cave with wolves and that was kind of cool and i got an ability from them and then i went off and i did another one and uh let me tell you there's a particular cat boss mm -hmm. i've fought a couple times and holy fuck i do not like that boss and not in the sense that it's super hard it's it's creepy it's, it's like so this, unsettling it's this persian cat statue with a sword and it sits very erect and it the like stands up. up full two-legged catwalk like you've seen cats that walk on two legs in videos and it's like what the hell are you doing you're a creepy little cat stop doing this and this cat does that and then like the animation from upward sword to downward sword is literally zero frames. It's just <laughs> then it's there and it's so hard to dodge. And it's like, he's not a, a hard boss. Like he takes so much damage from everything. And, but like, Oh my God, the second time I fought him, he was in a room with all of those little like gargoyles that uh, do the bleed damage. Yeah, yeah. And there's like eight of them in there with him, and it was just nasty. It was I was chaos. Just I've also so oh. I've done both of those fights also. Yeah. When when there's the eight gargoyle imp guys hanging out with him, I was oh like, Oh my god. No, I got Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh lucky because I got I have a, a magic spell called I think it's called the uh Glintstone Crescent or something. Yeah. And uh it's a big area sweep. It's a big forward sweeping crescent that doesn't cost that much more uh fp which is your magic points, yeah. magic in the game uh but it just spreads out in an ever-expanding outward direction so i'll just go clean up mobs oh um, nice have you seen there's a area as you're heading south 
where two different groups are fighting each other. Yes. Do you know what was so fun? Just spamming the glint, the glintstone blade, whatever it's called. Yeah. It just spreads out. It's so unfair. It's so good. Yeah. It's, anyway. I, fu- I found a few of those areas, like even in like the, the castle we were talking about down at the weeping peninsula, the soldiers yeah, there yeah. are fighting. And I was They're like fighting off against the demi the humans, or whatever they are. Whatever they are. Yeah. They, and then, uh, yeah, so I did that and, um, and then, okay. So I, I went to, uh, the, the Eastern side, like the, uh, where the forest is mm-hmm. the mist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let me tell you that I did, I don't think I was supposed to do this, but I found like this, like weird, uh, essentially it's called a well. Oh, and, yes. And I went down and suddenly I'm in, in this really cool subterranean, like, like the, the, you go down, you Whoa, go down for so down. long. First, first of all, let's take a step back. It is the coolest elevator. It's oh, like yeah. day glow turquoise, like all over it. And it's like slowly descending and it just keeps going. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like you look up and you can see, it looks like, it almost looks like, I don't know, like there's, yeah, it's, it's wet and dripping and you're fighting these weird turtle people that are super slow, but really aggressive. They will rock your shit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I fought my way through them. I got through, oh, another elevator. Ride that one up. Suddenly I'm in an area that's got like, it looks like stars, like a cosmic sky. And there's like these ghost giant barbarians and I can handle them. They're not too bad. And then ghost giant barbarian snipers. I can't handle them. Their accuracy is insane. Absolutely insane. Anyone with a bow in this game is just causing trouble. And And, and that holds for all of the areas I've been so far. So basically I beeline it. I just beeline it as hard as I can through this area just to like, I just want to know where it leads me. So it's like, I've lost souls of several times. I've got them back. I've lost them. I've got them back. Eventually I'm just like, fuck it. And I just ran, found another elevator, rode it up. Suddenly I'm in the Canyon. And this like in this other, like I looked at the map and I saw that the tunnel, the area I went through was through the ocean. So essentially you're under the ocean and you traveled to like another section of the map. And it's like this deep ready kind of colored map. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the area that I don't know if you've met Alexander. Have oh, you met yes. Alexander? Um, I have met Alexander. So I, I too have been to the red zone. And ah. Okay. But yeah, so this this canyon is I guess it's isolated from the rest of the red zone because I traveled all the way, one one way I traveled and there was a series of anal beads and gi- giant armored archers. <laughs> the anal beads, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Like what they were, My okay. girlfriend calls them onyx for the Pokemon onyx. onyx. <laughs> that's what that's what uh <laughs> My, one of my uh, guys in chat, he said they look like uh, Onyx you bought on Wish. <laughs> <laughs> I also, they remind me of those like little magnetic balls that you would oh, put together. Yeah. 
and yeah. just the way they move and everything. But yeah, <laughs> the anal beads. But they, um, so I, I got past them. And, and then, like, I fought a couple of those giant archers so that are spread, like, seem to be just placed throughout the land. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're they're kind of like they're I guess they're not giants. They're more of golems than this anything. Made of stone. Like they yeah stone armor or something like that. Like it looks like Very armor. Very tall though. Yes, and like their uh, their legs seem to have like a little bit of fire around them or something like that. Yeah, so I fought them, and then there's a massive coliseum, and a massive like two story Alexander the Pot Man. Yeah, and. I talk to him and he just goes like he grunts and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. So I clearly don't have what he wants. So I had to leave going down the other way of the Canyon. There's a giant nasty looking bear. He's like gray and disgusting. And I managed to cheese him. Absolutely cheese him to beat him because he like pretty much kills me in one hit. Beat him. Continued on only to find like, essentially a dead end and some some items but like there's clearly a spot that i could like i could go down but it looks like instant death if i go down there it looks real bad news so i was like you know what if that bear if i couldn't even handle that bear on a good day i I probably can't handle what's down there so i i just i fast traveled out of there and i started messing around in the forest and uh yeah so in the forest i've i've met a wolf man and uh, a rich dude who want, who made me take back his keep, and oh. uh, to no, to no avail because I do that, and then he was like, "Oh, it's all for naught. There's no lord." So now he's looking for a lord. Fort Height, I think it was called. I think I fought Fort Height, but I didn't find a person who was looking for help around it. Oh yeah, no, he he's he's actually buff, like on the far the opposite side of the forest. And he's just sitting overlooking like he's on one of those like broken towers, like the, the like the quarter of a cylinder or whatever mm-hmm. towers. And he's like, oh, he starts yelling at you. Oh, hoey there. Can't somebody help me? And so I was like, all right, I guess that's Every me. NPC in the game. Hey, yeah. hey over there. Help me. Yeah. I have no idea where this voice is coming from. <laughs> Did you find the, the bush man? The bush, like the, the, yeah, yeah, the talking yeah. tree? How much of his uh, storyline have you seen? I he has gone. He's gone. I don't. He told me that where the cave was, and I was like, "Oh, well, maybe I'll go check out that cave that you're gonna go loot." Checked out the cave, came back. He's gone, and I have no idea where to find him. So you, but you did see him in the cave. No, he's in oh, the cave. I. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I have to go back to that cave. I did go back, and I was like. I feel like this is, I'm not getting anything here. So I, I turned around. Oh, maybe he went to a, the, a different cave than he's at. Oh, I thought it was like, he was talking about the one. Uh, so like, there's a big like lake in the middle of the the map. Isn't that the one that we're, we're talking about? Maybe not. You're talking oh. about the guy who's a bush and you have to yes. like, attack him yeah. or roll into him to break the spell, right? That is correct. So that's what I think a demi-human is. Oh, like the he's like a little rat man. He's a little monkey man. Is he a monkey? I thought he looked like a rat. <laughs> Anyways, oh, wow. um, he's great. You should find him. And it sounds like maybe you went to the wrong cave for him. 
Yeah, interesting. Because, yeah, I went to the Lim... I think it was, like, the Limgrave Tunnels or something like that. And, like, I got a shit ton of, like, upgrades for upgrading my... Stones that's, for upgrading my... That's the wrong cave. Okay, okay. Yeah. Du- but, duly noted. Good cave. Love that cave. Yeah. Love that cave. It, <laughs> that cave reminded me of Demon Souls so much. See, and I haven't played Demon Souls. What oh, about it it's, stood out as Demon Souls? The second area in Demon Souls, like there's a, so Demon Souls has kind of got like the Mega Man. You select the area mm-hmm. you want to go to, um, but the second area is the Stone Fang Tunnels or something like that, and like it's a red stoned tunnel with a whole bunch of troglodyte like pickaxe wielding dudes who are just working in the mines and then only when you like enter like get near them or hit them do they stop what they're doing to turn around and fight you Hmm. it was just like it just screamed out like this is like a clear homage to the stone fang tunnels backstabs for days yeah backstabbing in this game is so satisfying yeah especially after you get a certain redacted item that i'm redacting from this sentence oh um, um I do I, have one complaint. Oh, I just have two I have two complaints. My first complaint is is a silly one. I'm not super fond of the open world. I honestly the, my favorite part is when I get to the Dark Souls like levels. But honestly, like the open world, it's cool. I, I like it is fantastic that I can see something and go there. But I just find that I would rather, I still would rather the Dark Souls tightly knit world, but that's me. And that's a preference thing. It has nothing to do with like whether it is a good or bad. This is a great open world. And I love the fact that they're doing it. Like it's very Breath of the Wild. I know that's over, over said over and over again, but no, it's literally very open Breath of the Wild because there's no like, you must go here now. This is your objective. Bing, there's your objective on your on your HUD or whatever, right? Like, there's just like, hey, you can follow these points of grace. That's kind of where you need to go. Or there's a big dragon down there in that lake. Or there's, hey, look at that weird, strange mausoleum in the distance. Oh, hey, look at this thing in the distance that is also very interesting. It's very much you are guided by the environment rather than guided by NPCs or missions or objectives. And it's what you see. Like, yeah, I, a lot of people talk about like sightline design in, in open world games. And this game has a lot of really interesting like, oh, like now that I'm up here, I see three things that are kind of catching my interest and I want to head that direction now. Or what about that direction? Or Look at yeah. all those wolves. Yeah. Very often do I hear myself saying, "Look at all those wolves." <laughs> have you have you found encountered the wolf tornadoes? Highlight of the game early on was <laughs> the fact that all of a sudden there was just howling and wind and just, wolves guess, dropping out of the sky <laughs> and then wolves plummeting from the sky. On God. <laughs> um, have you been in Limgrave? Have Have you seen a field of many giants? And I, I mean, yes. giants are not, not. Yeah, the um, one, the gross, petulant giants with their yeah. guts hanging out. Yes, I've, I've, up on top of the the ridge in the first like, kind of area, there is a, a large 
uh, I don't know. What are, what is a group of giants called? A, a, a gaggle of giants. A, a gaggle, a pod, a clutch, a clue of giants. <laughs> a clue. I like a clue of giants. Um, want a non-spoiler suggestion? Ride the horse around and let them fight each other. Have you been there at night? No. All right. Go there at night. Duly noted. Duly noted. All right. And I don't even know if that's actually a hint or not. All right. But... No, I, I'm down. With, uh, that's, the, that's the kind of hints I like, though, right? Like, yeah. there's enough intrigue for me to go like, this feels like you're an NPC telling me to do something. There, You haven't really told me anything, but hey, maybe check this out. Hey, um, maybe when it's dark. Yeah, well, it's like the I talked to Santa Merchant and he was like, hey, I see you've been to the forest and uh, you heard the wolf howls. That might be an old friend of mine. He might be hanging out. Use the snap animation or like thing right at the source of where you hear it. So sure enough, I go into the forest again and I do the snap animation. So I'm like, woof, and I turn around and there's like a big wolf man standing there. And I was like, holy shit. And he's just like, oh, hey. You want to be my buddy? Go find this guy that I've been hunting. He needs to be brought to justice. And I was like, well, sweet. There's a new mission for me now. I need to go back to the forest. You're telling me all <laughs> kinds of stuff from the forest. And this is the thing about this game. I've played literally twice as long as you, it sounds like. Yeah. I've seen all kinds of parts of the map, but it's so densely packed. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go back. I'm already hanging out in Limgrave again for some crazy reason. I'm gonna go find this Wolfman. Yeah, we'll find the Wolfman. I'm so excited. Uh, I can't it's, wait. It is. It is fascinating. It's great. The the only other thing I'll have to say is the lack of accessibility in this game is still disappointing. And I know. I know that um, there are. Uh, I think a few people have made comments about how bad it is mm -hmm. uh there has been accessibility in this game that is quite phenomenal and it's not found in the menus it's found in the in the fact that like the game design and i believe grant stoner did a uh, uh a review for um oh, shoot what was the fanbite and he talked about because he has physical like his physically inability to play right but he was able to keybind certain things and he's able to make use of the uh the summons and make use of the the, the ashes the summoning the uh, sorry the what are they the the spirits that you can summon um which are great by the way excellent addition to the game um big fan spirits are, are great which spirits do you use the most you will not have found the spirit. I've not found I've them. Using. Okay. But, I've been using but, the Unruly I, Mob and I love them. Oh, I'm a big fan of the jellyfish. The jellyfish Aurelian, is Aurelia. Aurelia the jellyfish? That's her name. If you the, read the, the, the item description, you find I, out their name. <laughs> I have a, I think it's legendary or like very strong summon that takes my entire fp bar to summon yeah i had to like i got it and i wasn't i didn't have enough fp to cast it at all yeah so i started dumping stuff into mine so that i had 
over 104 FP to cast this spell. Oh my god. Um, and now I have a homie that I like. I'm like, well, this is my homie now. Whether there or not it's go. even that good, this is the homie. That's that's excellent. The um yeah, the, the it is disappointing that there's no colorblind mode. There's no way to change the font of subtitles in any capacity. Like these these are things that really do not affect the game. And guess what? You by enabling them, you allow like 25% more people to play this game. And I know it's 25% might seem like a hyperbolization. But the reality is in like America, where I live in Canada, but in America, 25% of Americans have a disability, hmm. whether it be mobility, visual, like even just like yourself, you're wearing glasses. Right. And I don't know to what capacity that is. Right. But everybody is different. Right. And to enable some features that enable that have that allow these People who might not like things you take for granted that you don't realize, right? Like somebody who is hearing impaired, it would be great to be able to change the font of text so you're not missing any information. Or hey, maybe I would give a, a character like whoever's speaking their name annotated there. Or guess what? Add a feature that allows you to like maybe a flash on the screen if sound is coming from a certain direction, because. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If if you don't hear the thing in your 3D audio because you're deaf and it's coming from behind you or from to the left of you, how what about the wolf howls? There is a literally the character where I found the wolf man said I had to follow the wolf howls to the spot where it originates. Right. I couldn't do that if I'm deaf. There is no indicators if I couldn't hear. If I was playing on a muted game because I have children sleeping in the next room, I wouldn't be able to hear it. I mean, I do have headphones, but not everybody has paraphernalia like this, right? The point is, you add these features in, not because they make the game easy, but it allows everyone to play at the same, kind of the same playing field. You level the playing field to allow everyone in, right? And if they don't like the game, that's their own prerogative, right? But it's not it, people should be allowed to play. There shouldn't be unfair barriers preventing them from playing a game they want to play. Right. So that's that's my only complaint. It's like I know FromSoft has done more than they've ever done with this game. But they but it it's I, I would say that they could do more. They could do more and it's just one of those things that I feel like we have to keep reminding them. We might love these games, but we have to keep asking for accessibility, despite what the get good fans. And I say fans with quotations because anybody who thinks that gatekeeping is, is, is a cool thing can, uh, can go suck a lemon. Indeed. I, I think, you know, the last time we spoke, it was about the reviews and people are like, this is the most approachable one yet. Mm-hmm. These are not approachable games. No, it's still a, it's still a souls game. It's still one of the hardest souls games I've played. Right. Our whole conversation about Margaret being the first boss of the game. is like, this is but not... the be- I think the beauty of Margaret being the first boss is it really po- shows you that if you are banging your head against this wall, you can turn around and just go explore somewhere else for a bit. 
This is true. Whereas other Souls games, that's less of an option. It's because like usually the there's like the boss of the end of the area. If you want to go further, you have to beat that boss, right? So you kind of hit a dead end and you're just going back through the same area farming enemies. So you can maybe upgrade one more stat point or whatever, right? But in this, you can literally just start exploring the rest of the world. Yes. If, like Margaret is clearly the first boss, uh, but like the first main boss, but you don't have to do that storyline for 20 hours if you don't want to. I mean, you don't have to do it for much longer than 20 hours. I know, I know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that, uh, let's jump into a quick Mostly Normal question. Uh, and I think it's kind of appropriate with the shouting out of the Bundle for Ukraine. Um, uh, it says J.H. wrote in, um, but I, I have believe no idea who he is. physically wrote it into the doc. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking well, about. You want to read the question for me? <laughs> yeah, I just threw in there. What is your favorite indie game? Because with the the indie game bundle for the Ukraine benefit for the Ukraine uh, that was previously talked about, I thought that you know what, there's a lot of good indie games in there. But what is what is an indie game that you hold above all else? Man, I'm terrible at picking favorites. I know, right? There's so many good ones. Um, Hollow Knight comes to mind. Um, and it's been five years since it came out, so I feel like I can like it's not just recency bias anymore. <laughs> um, I think Hollow Knight was a truly special game. Um, Celeste, one of the games we briefly spoke about that, that is in the bundle, is also a phenomenal indie that, that really stood out to me. Um, I was thinking about this ever since I saw you put it in the doc too. Um, I really the mind palace is empty. Had empty <laughs> just Elden Ring. So we'll say Hollow Knight for now. Uh, I would give you a different answer a different day probably. What about yeah. you, James? Hollow Knight is definitely the top, I think, for me. And I feel like that's the it's too bad that you, you said Hollow Knight right off the bat. But just from like it's absolutely gorgeous art style, the like the the Dark Souls like kind of feel to the world where everything's a little bit of a mystery and everything's a little bit downtrodden and in collapse and decay. I it's such a absolutely incredible little game. And I think that if if you like Metroidvanias and you like Dark Souls play hollow knight i strongly recommend it you will not regret it um but other games that that in the last few years that i've fallen in love with carry on was a really good one where you play a th the the thing like the <laughs> the movie oh, the things thing. yeah uh, <laughs> the thing which is isn't even like he based it on a short story a novella um yes. and uh I, which I've read is quite good. It's oh, worth indeed. it. Yeah, it's it's not too shabby, and it's got a terrible name. So the thing was a, a great uh, renaming. Um, but yeah, you play as the monster rather than the good guy or the good guys, and it's just an absolute blast of a reverse horror. It, it, a lot of disgusting slurping and sl like slopping noises as you like crawl through vents and throw your 
like disgusting gory mass around but it's fun it's an absolutely fun game journey is another one that i would say is mm. is up there like just i think slay the I've spire is considered an indie game damn slay the wow. spire might absolutely be that game 100 <laughs> percent an indie game uh i also have a i have a weird one that i would throw out and i would say that one of my favorites in the last little while has been bloodstained but not whatever the 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 main game they created so the studio that created bloodstained was an indie studio that brought one of the uh the main game directors from the uh, castlevania series the guy one of the guys who worked on symphony of the night Mm -hmm. and he yeah he wanted to create a (laughs) he wanted to create a symphony of the night game without the castlevania tied to it he was like i want that feeling again so he he set uh, kickstarter up to essentially create this game and honestly it it came out it was it was all right i don't think i finished it i think i kind of got bored of it but they also had an incentive goal which was to create a retro castlevania 3 like version prequel of the game i played a tiny bit of that I've played a ton of it and the sequel, uh, the prequel sequel. <laughs> um, so there was Curse of the Moon. Bloodstained mm-hmm. Curse of the Moon is an absolutely fantastic game. And if you love Castlevania 3, Castlevania 1, this game is phenomenal. It's it's like everything you want from those old Castlevania games, just modernized to a way. It was made by Inti Creates and holy hell from the 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 store the lore to the like the lore is just ridiculous it's castlevania like it's like oh big demon you got to go hunt the demon or whatever right and Mm -hmm. sends off and your character has like the every time you fight a boss you find like a person imprisoned afterwards and you get the choice of slaying them there on the spot and stealing their abilities making you more powerful or having them join your team and getting an additional character. And there's so many different endings. It's, it's such a good game. I strongly recommend it. And the, um, the sequel involves different characters. And mm-hmm. one of which is a Corgi in a steampunk mech suit. So that that's, that's something for, <laughs> for the fans. For everybody. <laughs> uh, quick shout out to Hades. Uh, Cause it wouldn't yeah. be a podcast talking about games. If I didn't say Hades. Hades might. I like. I think Hollow Knight's better, um, but I do <laughs> love Hades. Uh, and with that, it's time to kick it to the outro. That's going to do it for the show this week. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Uh, as is becoming uh, a ritual, James, uh, would you please <laughs> let everyone know where they can find you on Twitter? Fine. Find me on Twitter at Butlord Primus. And how about uh, the rest of the internet? <laughs> and you, well, actually, uh, the rest of the, most of the internet, you can find me at Butlord Primus on most of the the socials. But awesome. uh, you can also f- watch me on Twitch. I play Mondays and Wednesdays, and sometimes random times whenever I feel like it. But Mondays and Wednesdays, uh, twitch.tv slash BLP Entertainment. Awesome. Uh, you can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. Um, 
Hit me up with all of your lore thoughts about what's actually going on in Elden Ring. If that goes for you too, James, I have no idea what the actual big picture story (laughs) of this game is. And I'm so curious to find out. Um, You can follow the show at MN Gamers Podcast on Twitter. um, And, you know, uh, send us an email, podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com, mngamers.substack.com for the old newsletter. And with that, please go play some games because I'm about to go play some Elden Ring. Peace. Bye. Bye. stop the recording because of technical difficulties one second